Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Welcome back to Real Feels Podcast. For tonight, we've got anime and wolves. And 1997 Sprint Okay, I, I ran out of rhyming there. Uh, that's 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 the best intro we're gonna get. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> welcome back to the Real Feels Podcast, uh, where we give you a different movie of a different genre. Uh, fortnightly. fortnightly and here coming to us from the the far east atop his red elk uh is 1997's studio ghibli masterpiece oh princess mononoke mm, by oh. none other than the uh the walt disney of japan Hayao Miyazaki himself Hayao Miyazaki <laughs> Some, God, he's good. He's some so good. wild so, stuff. Wild. So let let's get some. Uh, what is the uh, the oh natto? <laughs> let, let's some get natto some, footage. Let's get some natto footage here with some fermented soybeans. <laughs> A little bit of soy sauce <laughs> right yeah, on top. Yeah. A little, little sake. 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 No capitals. <laughs> it's gonna be all night. Oh goodness. walk the earth an epic battle rages between the encroaching civilization of man and the gods of the forest when the forest has been cleared and the wolves wiped out this place will be the richest land in the world now the fate of the world rests on the courage of one fearless princess i'm not afraid to die and i would do anything to get the humans out of here and one brave warrior. You fight like a demon, boy. Like something possessed. What exactly are you here for? To see with eyes unclouded by hate. Now watch closely, everyone. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. Fire! if you choose. Princess Mononoke. Fire! Fire! Ooh-day! <laughs> so, um, obviously, the, the genre that this movie is coming out of, the Bilbo Grab Baggins, is the anime genre, which 
I feel out of probably the three of us, I am at least on the bottom two of the weaker knowledge, uh, or at least bottom three. Okay, I'm, I know uh, that I am number one on the bottom. And uh, oh, Drew, I, you know, I, I I don't have anything against anime. I I True. enjoy some of it, but it was certainly not one of my favorites. Mm. Uh, so I had to I had to kind of dig deep and, and and you know I'm sure there's probably some anime people out there that will listen to this and they're like oh he picks the Star Wars you know he picks the Empire Strikes Back <laughs> of uh, of uh, of Studio Ghibli um, and you know I I do like Spirited Away uh, this was several years previous in 1997 it's the only Studio Ghibli film that takes place during feudal japan which is which is how i happen to like my japan <laughs> all <most>. feudally <laughs> i i think it's one thing to i guess just kind of like fall into the ghibli like bucket when thinking about anime and especially when thinking about anime films but more importantly like unf- not even unfortunately i think just coincidentally like that's that is what is hot that's what is very well known so of course, having just, having it's a studio such a Ghibli broad genre. Well, and it is, but I mean, you also have like, I mean, in their own get really into it, like into it. No, no, they do, they do, up. and and I think I think in their own right, you have you have well established films that did come out, and you have well established films that are incredibly liked, but they're so niche to what they are. Like, I can only name just, like, a handful of, like, anime films off the top of my head that are not Ghibli. Like, there's uh, Vampire Hunter D, where you have, like, Dracula taking on another vampire. Uh, Bloodlust, or Blood the Last Vampire, which is about Akira, a vampire the, killing other vampires. Akira. Um, Attack on Titan. I guess th- I guess there's an Attack on Titan movie. I never watched Attack on Titan. I, I never yeah. liked it. I didn't I didn't like the style. You know what it was? It was the uh, the giants. They always like threw me off with their views. There's a bunch of Naruto movies. There's a horror anime uh, called or uh, called Perfect Blue. Tokyo Godfathers Millennium Actress. Now, that's a great anime film. And and just a few others like there's like, oh, there's the Street Fighter oh. anime. Shut up. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm not really bad that into anime. Oh, <laughs> no, Street I never said that. I'm over here just like I, watching I all the cars pass. I'm like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. I never said I wasn't into anime, but like there, there is just like a small handful that, again, they're they're on the outskirts. They're kind of like, I think, honestly, as, as much as it is to say, they're on the outside looking in at Ghibli going like, Man, when is it? When is it our turn? Well, and the one of the things, like I, you know, there has been a a huge surge in popularity over the past decade or so for cosplay. And oh, anytime yeah. I go on Reddit, anytime I go on Imgur, Imgur, there's like it's usually some chick with nice abs and her tits out, and it's like, oh, th- this is my my so and so cosplay. I'd never know. Never, never recognize him. Like nobody ever cosplays Princess Mononoke. That's like that's too too broad. That's too mainstream. It's always some <clears throat> niche character wearing an, almost nothing. I I think that's the one thing that I've not kind of just fallen in love with with anime over the over you know the past like twenty years. Where yes, you will draw women with like egregiously large breasts, 
And it's just it. I don't know. Were you waiting for the robe to slip in this? No, in this film. It's I don't know. It's like it's like slightly <laughs> off putting. No, it, but I think it'd be great. What cool cosplay this would be, though. Like, uh, be it. I think it'd be some sick cosplay if you had that, or even uh, Ashitaki with with uh, all the on the <laughs> on your chest. Having the demon on you, Ashitaki's fucking his his whole outfit with with like the whole setup with like the red hood and the the fucking like the rain grass jacket thing going on. I love it. I adore it. I want to wear it around the house. <laughs> like I just want to. I, I just want to sashay to the room with the the you know the the dried grass just sort of swishing about. Um, and my wife would be like, uh, that's cultural appropriation. I'd be like, no, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> just walk into the room, look at Beverly. Great living room spirit. <laughs> we are here to, to bring you ice cubes and walkies. <laughs> Jack, did you do fart? It's a Kadama. It shows this house is, is healthy. Why is that Gadaba drunk? <laughs> it's having a good time. Uh, but, you know, I did Kiki's Delivery Service. Mm. I did Pompoko. I did Howl's Movie Castle, which Howl's Movie Castle, I love the flame and the food. Like, I could watch them cook food over the happy mouthy flame. Studio Ghibli food just looks and exquisite. Same thing with uh, uh Spirited Away. Like yep. I would uh, they that that'd be it for me. That that I bathhouse would, I'd be, I just want to stay in there. Yeah. Um but Princess Mononoke, I think and I, I mentioned this to you prior to to starting the recording. I feel like it's the the Star Trek Undiscovered Country to uh, the Spirited Away's Wrath of Khan, where Spirited Away is is probably the most recognizable and right mainstream. You know what a Academy Award for <laughs> exactly, and and like that's what I was telling you. So I mean, like when when Princess Mononoke came out, it actually it, when it came to the U.S., it broke all of the records that actually had. Uh, been accomplished in Japan, it broke those records. And then when Spirited Away came out, Spirited Away toppled even those records. Yeah. And it's an anime I watched, you know, I did the, the twice watch. Uh, I did one with <clears throat> the regular Japanese uh, voice acting, and I did one with the dub. And actually, for anime, <clears throat> the dubbed English dub version I liked it. is not bad. I've, I mean, it's yeah. got Billy Crudup playing Ashitaka, Mini Driver playing Lady Oboshi. Billy Bob uh, Thornton? Billy Bob Billy Thornton, Thornton yeah. played the mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Jillian Anderson plays the wolf mother. Yeah. To which I guess in her uh, in her recording sessions, she had like a real troublesome time getting her voice as low as she could possibly make it. Because in Japanese folklore, wolves are males. Always male. And so, and then you have cats, which are females. So she's going to have to sound, I guess, as male-ish as possible. She had to get super low and she was just having a hell of a time with it. Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Yes. Princess Mononoke slash uh, son, or son. Son, yeah. Uh, and then uh, John DiMaggio, Bender himself, plays a number of voices, but primarily the uh, captain of the guards. I... <laughs> 
Oh, when he's just yelling, he's all like, don't you worry about Lady Eboshi. She's got to be with me. That's what we're worried about. Huh? (laughs) Jada Pinkett Smith, pre-smack, plays uh, the one sort of mouthy (laughs) forge girl. Like, you're not cute. You're gorgeous. (laughs) It's it's such an... So for me growing up, I I always kind of claimed that Princess Mononoke was one of the first movies that, before I really got into anime, my friend Michael, he told me, he's like, there's... Wait, so you, you are really into anime. Oh, no, I do like the truth you just comes before out. you really got into anime. <laughs> so, Your words, Drew. He, Your words. He told me, he said, he said that, there's this movie you got to see. It's called Princess Mononoke, and it's going to like blow your socks off. And so I watched it, and absolutely loved it. Just loved it for what it was and loved the story. And again, this was this deep, dark rabbit hole that you go down when you dive deep into Miyazaki's films and you you love the fact that like there's always a strong female character lead. You have the idea of a constant theme of like, hey, this is our planet. We shouldn't fuck it up. And little did I kind of realize that it wasn't really my first mon- or my uh, Miyazaki film. But when I was a kid... I had seen multiple times, actually in daycare, uh, waiting for, you know, our parents to come pick us up. Last Unicorn? No, uh, 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 My Neighbor Totoro. And I hadn't even realized that, like, obviously, as a kid watching it, like, oh, this is a cool little movie. Never knowing that it was Miyazaki. So I I personally attend to the fact that Princess Mononoke was, like, my first true introduction to it. Though, Princess Mononoke and a little bit of, like, My Neighbors the Yamadas... <laughs> because every child needs to see uh, giant raccoons running around with testicles. <laughs> true, true. True, true. There's always something <laughs> eyebrow raising. Um, you know, my first, my, my first, you know, unknown Studio Ghibli is, of course, uh, The Last Unicorn, mm. which is f- fledging really before the studio was Studio Ghibli. You do like that film. Uh, it is. It's a great film. It's got great voice acting. And it was one of the movies that my grandmother would put on for us that uh, I just adored. But for me, like the first real entry into anime was uh, Voltron. Yes. <laughs> Voltron. Voltron and um, early. 5.30 in the morning, waking up, eating some waffles, glass of milk. I would get down on some Voltron and Gigantor. I loved it. And G-Force. Oh, my God, G-Force. So, Nathan, uh, have you had you seen The Princess Amanana? This was Nathan's first two watches of it. And, boy. <gasps> well, then give, give us your virginal oh impression. Oh, my God. Well, the first. How did the cherry pop? Oh, it. It popped with the first where watch. Did, where did the forest spirit touch yeah. you? <laughs> please, please show something on the forestry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right there, right there. Um, no, it, it, it was, it was something that was really good in the, in the first watch. But afterwards, I very loudly said, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Uh, because. It, it, I mean, and we'll get into like the resolution of it and just um, and what I took away from it the first time was very different than what I took away from it the second time, which I think the second time was just a more literal what we kind of just said, the the messing up the planet part of it. The first watch, I thought this was so much more in vain of The Last Samurai of, you know, uh, the old way 
phasing out of Japan and like the new <laughs> the old ways have become the new <laughs> I, I belong to the wolf with who the older ways join the new and so a part of me thought that it was more a retelling of that when I first watch it of just like oh that this is kind of was of finds the love of this other side of you know the fence and then has to kind of fight for them which even um Jigo uh Billy Bob Thornton's character when he's like mm. what side is he on because he even doesn't understand he's like well, wait a minute is he uh, is he on the the wolf side if he is he fighting for us is he, he's relaying messages and stuff so it's it's very convoluted but overall it, it's a good I mean, it's a damn good film. It just was nothing like I was going into it expecting. And the ending is not your traditional, like, and they all live happily ever after. It's not Dances with Wolves. A, I see uh, you. Yeah. To the music. Yeah. <laughs> I picked this for a number of reasons, uh, but... This movie just feels good to watch in my estimation in some comfortable pajamas under a blanket on a cold evening. It just, and I've actually watched this movie a few times, stayed up uh, after I've, you know, I've gone to bed, couldn't sleep, gotten up, put this on because, you know, it, it is over two hours long. So I know I'm probably going to fall asleep, but between the music and the, the artwork, um, it's it's just something that I always find something different, whether it's, you know, one of the different animations of the Kodama when they were going through the forest or just uh, just a whole bunch of other things. And and but one of the most striking things about Princess Mononoke is <clears throat> nobody's really wrong from their point. Right. Of view. Yeah. You know, Lady Eboshi is not evil. I mean, she is she has gone out and she is bought up. All the uh, the brothel contracts for these women to give them a better life. She took in the uh, the lepers uh, and and you know washed the, washed their rotting skin as I believe they they put in one of the scenes. Uh, she's providing for this village of people that she's brought together, uh, but it's her economy of you know. Well, now we have to go out and get the iron from under the mountain. And if we just kill these guys, they'll just become beasts. And then the beasts, on the other hand, like there's no compromise uh, because their viewpoints are solid, too. Uh, the only one who is trying to find compromise uh, is Ashitaka. Right. He is a neutral ground. And all he wants is just like, can't we all just live in peace? And hey, can you cure my demon aids? Like, I'd love for this to go away, please. And... I mean, if you look at Lady Eboshi, she's kind of like Thanos, because Thanos in the movie, not necessarily the comics, he's doing what he genuinely feels is right. He's just going about it the wrong way. Did you get all the iron from under the mountain? <laughs> yes. What did it cost? Every Everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, she she's a she is in her own right, like a good person again. Just going about things the wrong way. Sans like, you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are, wolf lady. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's sort of the the faceless samurai 
that you know they attack Ashitaka on the way to his, through his journey, and then they end up attacking uh, Iron Town when Lady Eboshi goes uh, on her because they want half the iron. Yes, uh, so you know there's another sort of antagonist. Uh, you know there's the 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 old boar uh, who also uh, another real feels favorite Keith David, Keith David. Uh, Davis, who's Pye also the narrator in the intro yes, of the film yes um, so you know there's all these viewpoints and the only viewpoint we don't really hear from is the spirit the the spirit of the forest which because it just it is it, it, it just it is. is yeah it doesn't speak it it's just there it surrounds and, us and binds us. <laughs> You you have this brilliant movie, which in in in, in a lot of senses is, is incredibly violent. Okay. Oh yeah. And and Miyazaki made a point of it with the marketing of the film itself that the scenes shown for trailers and you know video purposes, the most violent scenes were shown because he wanted parents to know like if you're bringing your kids, this is what they're gonna see. Like there's no sugarcoating this. And it's not that he wanted kids to be deterred away from this, but he actually encouraged the fact that kids actually come see the film because the beauty of this film is that you don't have to be told the story. You don't have to be told the morals. It's it's show me, don't tell me. And the kids easily can walk away with that and see like they're just being mean. They're fighting each other. Why can't we share? Why can't this get along? They shouldn't take their land. They shouldn't do this. They should be nice. Kids can easily walk away and go like, man, that's rough. And they're just bullying and each Ashitaka, other. Ashitaka, like, never really starts any fights. And that's when, like, oh, but boy, howdy, him. does that demon hand <laughs> finish it. It straight up reminds me oh. of Rick and Morty, though. And, like, Morty with the hand, like, this isn't finished, is it? And the hand shakes it, like, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> just pummeling, pummeling people with uh, some bow firing. So good. Well, and there's a little bit of tongue and tongue in cheek with the violence. Like when he does shoot the guy's arm, both of his arms off, uh, you know, in that the first, first guy. that first sort of scene, like he's holding up his arm nubs, sort of like, what, what <laughs> happened? Like he's got this like, oh, uh, but then like he shoots some heads off. And uh, that's like, the last that's that little samurai. He tells him, he's like, he's like, stay away, <laughs> stay away. Arrow flies. Guy's head goes off. Nope. The other guy's like, nope. <laughs> Today my jurisdiction oh, ends shit. here. <laughs> wow. uh, but I, you know, I like the the magic of the forest, and we talked about this a little. the The Kodama or Kodame, the little, the little, the bobbly heads, the little bobbly heads with their their rickety necks that that you know uh, that adds a nice nice flair when they get to like the enchanted pool and you've got like the the glowing butterflies you know it's all very very gorgeous but i i think the movie probably went a little bit too long and actually uh harvey weinstein uh back in the 90s was the the american studio that that acquired the film rights and so uh, Miyazaki and uh, some of his his entourage went to L.A. to sort of negotiate the release and the rights. And um, Harvey Weinstein wanted a much shorter cut, more around 90 minutes. Uh, and Miyazaki walked out 
of that meeting mm. and then sent sent Harvey Weinstein uh, a samurai sword uh, that had written it in on English, no cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Which I respect. Oh, no, I respect 100%. That. 100%. He sent him the copy that no he ticket. wanted to be shown with a samurai sword, no cuts. <laughs> no which, ticket. Which in turn, when the movie was eventually shown by, I think it was a different, it was a different studio that actually initially, uh, or eventually picked it up and shown it. Of course, Princess Mononoke made more money than the movie that Weinstein eventually showed that year, which was Happy hmm. Texas with William H. Oh, Macy. Oh, a true classic. Um, no. <laughs> Happy yeah, Texas. Never Happy even heard Texas. of it until like, I looked that up today. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's I think it's really, really done well. And much like your comment earlier with the voice casting the dubbing was done quite well. I think Pretty, really, and I, I've watched my fair share of English dub anime, samurai, oh, really yeah. well etc. This is probably one of the better examples. I, I think, I think Ghibli just does a good job with the, with the voice casting period for all of their films. I mean, even with, you know, Christian Bale in house moving castle, I think Billy Crystal as Calcifer is just <laughs> done so well. And, um, God, J Vanderbeek as um old Jimmy Van Beeks uh in Spirited Away. I think that's him. I think that's him. he plays well, the and, dragon. I forget his name. And, and Billy Crudup, which uh he was Dr. Manhattan so good. famous. He was Dr. Manhattan in the <clears throat> but he has that soft confident assurity to his voice for Ashitaka that I think is just perfect. And then again, Billy Bob Thornton playing the monk. I don't think he probably could have done much better for, for that. And the monk is such an odd character, like in with the red umbrella and the, you know, the one slat shoes. <laughs> the one slat shoes are the weirdest thing in the world to me. The, the outfit with the red umbrella is fine because it just seems like they're like military agents that are kind of being like hired out. For him, his low tones and the way that he just kind of like looks around, he never really like raises his voice. It's always like just really somber. And he's mostly eating in the first few scenes. Right. Like he tucks his bowl into his his oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> into his, the, his the, kimono. And, the uh, outfits, the straps that they all have on. So in like, I guess, Japanese culture where the straps themselves, how they're placed on the body uh Ashitaka's is a little bit more above his midriff, which I, I guess indicates his his youth and immaturity. While then you have Billy Bob Thornton's monk character. It's like Under down by his balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drew, you're not really into this at all, but you're, you're this is very casual fan, you know, just fly by night. Oh, anime, anime. <laughs> I like what I like. <laughs> Don't wait for the translation. <laughs> I have several more animes just waiting to be watched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, my favorite, I think, is the different tribes that kind of uh, show up. Um, the boars. Dude, that ape tribe is freaky. Because you don't actually see them in their real form until like the very end. He's like, you did this to us. You killed us. Give it's us coming a now. human to eat. <laughs> we'll, we'll eat the man flesh and gain his strength. I, I think it's weird that like you have apes. <laughs> their outlooks are all very 
like to Jack's point, just like so one track mind of like the forest, like we've got to kill these humans because they're going to ruin our lives and ruin kill the forest. So death to the humans. Um, and there's such a little Ashitaka's this little bridge between you know mm. the forest, the you know nature, and this uh, you know unstoppable force of iron cleaving guns. Which uh, again, th- that's why I kept going back to the Last Samurai and the oh the introduction of guns to feudal Japan and the old the old ways have joined the new. Um, <laughs> it's it's wild. The tribes. I, I loved the the boars and just their old leader that can't even tell. Just oh, my warriors come to me. <laughs> they come back when you speak the language. Everything falls into place. <laughs> <laughs> a tread fascination with scalping a technique. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of my my favorite scenes is when uh, Princess Bodadoki attacks Iron Town. Uh, and tries to assassinate Lady Uboshi. Uh, Ashitaka, you know, saves her, but when she falls and they fire on her and it like it shatters her mask, and then they fucking they shoot uh, Ashitaka and he's just like like bleeding out. Uh, but he like goes up to uh, San and Lady Uboshi when they're fighting and is basically sort of like the mother with the wooden spoon. Like, no. stop it! Both of you, stop this right now! Do you see this? This is what hatred looks like. And I love the embodiment of wait, what hatred apparently like transforms into. It, that's a beautiful quote, uh, at least in the English version, is uh, seeing the world with eyes unclouded by hatred. Mm. And that's Ashitaka's role. Because Ashitaka doesn't hate. No. Um, the The only unfortunate thing is now that he has been, I guess, tainted. He's unclean to his tribe, so he has to leave. Yeah. And I like it's almost heartbreaking that, like, you know, the wise woman is like, our ways forbid us to watch you leave. Yeah. Like, you're dead to us now. And his, his sister comes out. And uh. like, that's a very touching thing. And, and we've talked about this before, but the music makes the movie mm. sometimes uh nathan what did you think because uh, it's it, yeah no it, you, you nailed it it really it carries some of those moments um because the beginning starts out in such a a different road that you're like oh okay like so you know there's this weird demon and now he's got to go get healed and then when uh <laughs> princess Miyoki is just sucking the blood out of you know wolf mother's chest i'm like <laughs> That's a that's okay, a, we're, a we're on a very very different movie right now. This is not. Oh, think of me, brother. I'll never forget you. Like we're off to see the wizard. Like just going going on a little adventure, like Bilbo Baggins. You 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 look at the hero's journey, and usually it's like, okay, we're gonna have a few steps, and we'll eventually get to where we're crossing the threshold, and we're gonna get invited into this new fantastical world. No. Five minutes in, demon born. <laughs> like it's it's right at the front door. It's I also here. love the introduction of his antelope uh, or you know his his mount his steed his red red elf. Red elk. So, yes, and it, no one really talks about it. No one even questions it and is like really you know of like 
oh, you know, you're from because I think they do say one part where it's like, oh, you're from a different town, aren't you? Well, except for Billy Bob Thornton, when they're like he's making rice porridge or something, he said, oh, I used to I used to hear stories about these, you know, warriors living off in a tribe somewhere in the forest. They say they also used to, you know, ride Red Elk. But when they leave Irontown, Princess Mononoke and Son, Son's grievously wounded, uh, and he falls off the elk. And and immediately the wolf just just starts savaging his head. That has to be one of the funniest moments. Because Moto is like, stop that. It's like it's almost like she should have pulled out like a spray bottle, like no, that. no, leave his head alone. Uh, they are not for eating. <laughs> what about like their legs? Tacos, back on the menu, boys. He doesn't need those. The pers- The precision of movement in the actual animation is so defined where you have a man like Miyazaki who's so committed to detail. He would have his animators actually act out the scenes that they were going to draw so they knew exactly how quickly the movements in the sketches had to be in real time. Uh, but he, he falls off. She stops, she stops the wolf. Uh, she's getting bucked off the elk. Cause the elk's like, fuck, I don't know you. Uh, but when she turns him over and she threatens him with his sword, he's just like, yeah, beautiful. Like that does, it gets my feels just a little bit. And she's taken aback by it. Um, but, uh, I, I, I'd love, I love that scene. I love that whole lead up. Uh, and then I, I feel like the the sort of the war at the end and the monks come back and now he's got a contract for the spirit the of the head. forest. <laughs> uh, got to get the head and put it in an iron box. Um, you know, I, I enjoy long movies just as much as anybody else, but I feel that this one was maybe slightly 15, 20 minutes, half hour, a little bit too long winded. Um, at least for my own tastes. Hmm. Um, but as uh, back to talking about the music, but when he, when Ashitaka is writing that first scene when he leaves the village and he's like, you know, right along Ridgeline, absolutely gorgeous with the oh, music. Yeah. Uh, when he takes the uh, soldiers to the Forbidden Pool uh, and he sees the the elk and the spirit of the forest and they pan in like through... The forest, it's the silo- the silhouette, so, so gorgeous, yeah, so gorgeous. it's beautiful. Uh, and the, the, and I was gonna of, say the spirit of the forest is trippy as hell because he's you're like oh yeah, spirit it's of weird. the forest gives me <laughs> unhappy feelings. It makes me uncomfortable. That and it's interesting enough to where they, man, they say they say they're like it's like a deer, but with the man of, of or the nightmares. face of a man and. It kind of reminds me, I don't know if anyone has seen, uh, There's a there was a horror movie on Netflix called The Ritual, and well, I think so. it it depicted like this n- like folklore, like Norse god that like came out of the forest. It was like, almost like a centaur, but it had like the head of a man and a bun- and big antlers, and that that's what this kind of reminded me of. Like it was a god specifically meant for the forest, like coming out of the black forest, like there's weird things in Germany. Sorry. Kimberly, <laughs> lower your axe. <laughs> what, another thing that, real quick, before we jump on to the next thing, Ashitaka doesn't really have any fear talking to 
straight up gods, which I think is like a really cool way that they went about it where he's just like, listen, I'm, I respect you. You know, I res-, and he, when the guy's like, oh no, like, don't look at him. Like we'll have bad luck. He's like, no, 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 no. They're, we're all good. Uh, and he is very respectful. Even when he talks to the gods to a point, he then kind of gives a little bit of attitude and they're like, I'm sorry, you're talking to a God right now. And, and you're, this is what you're going to go with. But he just, he lays it on the line. Yeah, I, I think his culture has actually depicted, like, you show them with respect and you would actually still, I don't know, like, you, you can talk to them. Like, I mean, just like with the, the Kodama, like, everyone else is, like, afraid of the Kodama. And he's all like, no, 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 they're fine. They're just little that's spirits. That's the signs of a healthy force. Like, that, that's the sign of ah, a healthy reinforcements! force. reinforcements! <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, even when, like, the boar got in the beginning, like, I mean, he tries to calm it down. He's all like, great spirit. Go back up. Go away. It's okay. Don't then, hold that hatred for us. And then, you know, he, he has no problem shooting it in the in the eyes. But even the old wise woman, like, you know, comes up to the, you know, the the dying boar. And she just, like, stops, like, what, like two, three feet away from it? And she bows and she's like, oh, God of rage and hate. Like, we honor you. A mound will be prepared and funeral rites will be, ex- you know, extinguished. And then I just love the boar's response. Disgusting humans. For those, <laughs> for those gods that are about to die, we, we salute, salute you. you. <laughs> that would have been really good as soon as the boars like charged into it. And it's really interesting how like they're boars. I get the fact that they're boars, just like the wolves are wolves. But since they're offsprings of gods, like they are so massive. Like when Ashitaka was trying to lift the dead boar off of the wolf pup, like it took like eight men to lift one de- one dead boar. So I mean these th- these things are huge. And he fell, my lady. <laughs> I can't think of the he took a little tumble off the cliff. I off the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of the uh, the boar god that uh, Keith David voiced. We'll just call Keith David. Keith David. Blind Keith David. Akoto or Akatoto? Akato- yeah, something. Lord Akato. Yeah, something like that. Boar God's gonna get you. <laughs> well, should we move on to? Oh, go no, ahead. Oh, I, was, I was just gonna talk about how um, the boar, the cool, like one of the cool things that the boars did for which it, it, I was just kind of like, oh, that's cool that they have like this like white war paint on, but to watch them like apply it, apply it to I'm each like, other. Dude, that is so. That I think may have been just one of the turning points of like, this is a good movie too. No, no, this is a great movie. Like, who thinks the of humans, that? The humans kicked you out of your forest <laughs> and sent you in the mountains to, to scratch your living amongst the rock. <laughs> we will fight for you, Saruman. Uh, give him hell, 44. <laughs> <laughs> But yes. The, the boar god just looking at all of his little children. To war! <laughs> <laughs> we will taste there's, man there's flesh. One, one grim a worm tongue boar in the background, which is the single tear. The single tear. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Segamantes? Segamantes. Yeah, sure, Segamantes. All right. Uh, segment number one. I got the demon in me. Uh, Ashitake is sent on a quest to find out the origins of, myst- of the mysterious iron ball and to possibly find a cure for his affliction. We must do a poor American adaptation ripoff of some of these plot points. Imagine you are the American Ashitake. 
Tell me what animal your faithful mount is. What part of your body holds the demon affliction? And finally, the forced spirit that you seek out in hopes of finding your cure. Paint me a little picture. As soon as you say the title, like, I got the demon in me, a parody song immediately pops into my head. This is like, he's got the demon in him. Every time he hates, it turns into rage. Okay. I understand. Shut up. <laughs> it was amusing to me. I'll give you mine. All right. So this is the tale of the white trash prince. <laughs> so he's uh, he is afflicted with the demon's touch of his stomach and ass. The painful and deadly gas given off by his consumption of Taco Bell. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the forest spirit that he is searching for is the buffalo that passes without a trace. Uh, it's healing nectar calms the white nat- uh, calms the nature that rings from the bell infused of tacos. <laughs> Nathan, you may go next. His his steed. <laughs> please no. Please continue. No, his uh, his steed is a uh, is a late nineties Hyundai. <laughs> oh, what was that terrible movie? Where Employee like of the month. Worked, they worked How dare you, Dak Shepard? <laughs> Well, what was the car? It's like this is, employee of the month. No, I know, but what's the car? This is a 1982 like, Honda. Like you said, like this is an this is a '97 Honda. How, How dare you? you? <laughs> I just watched that last week, oh. just for shits and giggles. It's so funny. <laughs> ah, so, um, uh, for I went a couple different directions, so I didn't. It, none of it makes perfect sense. But uh, for the mount, um, my good it's okay, trusty. Neither does this movie. <laughs> My trusty land shark, Baby Kate. Um, yes. For my um, body that is afflicted, um, it would be my... It's, uh, that's that's just a pup. Yeah. <laughs> you should see the mother. <laughs> um, it would be uh, my hair flowing almost and acting like the Doctor Strange cape. Just a mind of its own. <laughs> <laughs> just like a giant mullet flowing <laughs> just, in the wind. Just beautiful. Uh, and then for the forest spirit, um, we just watched the unbearable weight, uh, um, unbearable weight of massive talent. So I have Nick Cage okay. kind of uh, oh. vibes. I also found out that Nick Cage has a talking crow in real life, uh, and so I would just imagine a talking crow with the voice of Nick. Cage. Bullshit, man! Man, <laughs> so that is a <laughs> that is my American. Perversion. Oh, hello. <sighs> All right. Well, um, I write a bear-sized version of Beverly. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I have been demon afflicted in my stomach, uh, resulting in my ability to release to release thunderous farts out of my ass. Uh, recovered for the beast uh, was a slew of wadded up Taco Bell's yes. packets. <laughs> We have the same demon. <laughs> I have to journey to the realm of the fourth meal. Uh, do you guys remember that ad campaign? Yeah. <laughs> realm of the fourth meal, where shredded cheese grass sprouts among the crisp lettuce plants and sour cream flowers among the tomatoes. Streams of sauce give away to the sacred pool of nacho cheese. <clears throat> there I spot, find the spirit of the colon, who has control over both life-giving poops and death-breaking farts. Yeah. 
<laughs> we uh, think alike. <laughs> along the way, I meet uh, Princess Cheesy Gordita Crunch <laughs> and the uh, Grilled Stuffed Burrito Borkland. Just sucking out oh uh, nacho cheese and <laughs> spit. <laughs> <laughs> and when, when Ashitaka offers uh, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's character the iron ball, and he like he gets it with his chopsticks, it's just like just a wad of of like half burst sauce packets. Like mm, uh, I've heard of this talk about. I've heard it. of this place place far far in the late night. The great boar spirit is the Mexican pizza come back to the land in Wait, once ruled. Cheesy, crunchy, saucy. Yes, uh, this. This is from Taco Town. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, shit. Drew, we, we are on the same page. <laughs> uh, Birds of a Feather. Anime, especially a studio a Ghibli, really seems to elevate their medium to an art. Sweeping vistas and vibrant colors that make Disney animation look almost garish in comparison. Tell me something you like about another type of foreign movie. Something about a certain nation's films that seem to hit differently from American cinema. Maybe it's something like Russian World War II movies that are so downright self-serving and almost fictional, but sometimes just so entertaining or the fun beats and dancing of a Bollywood movie. I'll go first um, because the honorable mention is that Bollywood. Oh my gosh. Those movies take you on quick turns that if you're not ready for, you're like, wait a minute, we're in full choreographed song and dance uh, (laughs) or just the most wild fight scenes imaginable launching from a catapult. Uh, humans that yeah <laughs> or that turn into shoot, a, like their own little cannonball sh- with shooting shooting a gun into a phone that kills the person <laughs> on the other line uh and then um there's that famous gift I have no idea what movie it's from but it's like me and bo- me and the boys you know h- hitting the club <laughs> and it's like the soldiers coming <laughs> in arms like the, the <laughs> uh no, but my I think my direction that uh, I usually go is with British films, um, especially like their kind of dark comedies, uh, like Train Spotting, Full Monty. It, it the the tones that they hit, um, both being kind of going from serious to like laughing, but then overall just kind of sad and depressing. If you really kind of like pull back and look at as a whole of like, oh, these are messed up lives that these people have. Uh, It's just I I think that we try to emulate a lot of times and kind of fall short uh, and they just they do it well. More of the older style, probably. Plus, plus the dialogue. So good. uh, It's shite being Scottish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you know the meaning of the word nemesis? <laughs> uh, um, so I would say the the best thing that you can compare and contrast, especially within shocking, I know the horror industry is the difference. The mainstay difference between like Western American horror and uh, Asian horror. And so it's such a huge dynamic shift between stylistic tones of Asian horror being more to the fact that like they're trying to create an atmosphere. They're not relying on jump scares or like high pitch orchestral tones just suddenly like blasting in, but they want to build. 
They want to build the creepiness. They want to build the atmosphere around. And they're generally longer as well because they have a story. Like the whaling? Like the whaling. And they have a story. They have a story to tell. They have a world for you to explore. And also primarily with Asian horror, not all, but a, a good chunk it's mainly focusing on like supernatural or the occult and where with Western horror, I think we have a lot more of the idea, especially with like eighties B rate horror films. It's just like crazy slashers. Like there was the age of slashers. And now we're kind of getting a little bit more into, I I think it's a, it's a newer verge on like monster, you know, flicks kind of happening now, but with like Asian horror, man, it's it's kind of like in Ringu, okay? So when, when the ring ring did do ring did do when the ring initially came out, like again, it's not the jump scares. It's not trying to like make people like terrified of someone getting like their throat slit. It's a no cre- cocaine bear. It's a it's a creepy ass little girl. I cannot wait for that. I'm movie. so excited for that. <laughs> it's a creepy right. ass little girl climbing through a television set, and that immediately just sets a tone. And I, I, I just think it's such a huge difference, but a respectable one that is just vastly impressive. Uh, I'm going to stick with Japan mm. uh, and my love for Japanese gangster movies, Japanese Yakuza mm. movies, which are not such a nice counterpoint from your American mafia films. Mm, sure. Don't get me wrong. I love casino i love goodfellas i'd watch them all day long but it's just a little bit different with the yakuza films the violence is much more stark uh you have these moments of just explosive rage like you've made me lose face and now i've got to like 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 rip your teeth out or, or something like that um there's and and just the, the situation of the yakuza in Japan, where for the most part they have offices, like yeah, you, you can go down to your your, your, <laughs> your local, local mafia office, <laughs> your local yakuza, because they're legal up to the point that they get caught doing something sure illegal. Sure. Now, do does your love of yakuza films also kind of verge on not necessarily police tutorial? kind of like episodic films but like things like i saw the devil or um like the murderer the cop oh i forget it's it's with the it's with the dad from the wailing and um parasite so my my first foray into japanese yakuza film is actually a michael douglas film from the early 90s called black rain yes uh with uh which which is an absolutely fantastic there is a trilogy called the Outrage Trilogy, which the the teacher from what's the movie that you picked for Japanese the the island or the, oh uh, Battle Royale Battle Royale the, yeah the teacher from Battle Royale plays this sort of low level thug yeah uh, the, and they're just absolutely fantastic in just the culture of it and um, like the sort of just the relationships between between some of those characters because like cops will go and like have lunch with the yakuza and be like so uh 
how are things what's going on how you <laughs> how you doing there and you know we've, and it's been popularized lately so good tokyo vice oh on, uh, so good um, which i think it i, I heard yep. it's getting a season two yeah um but there are there are myriad myriad out there but they're just a little bit different uh, mm. and I really do enjoy them. My honorable mention was going to be the uh, English or British. Uh, again, they're sort of their own take on the mafia, which is like real down and dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a sh- There's a movie that's on um, Prime right now called uh, Avengement. Okay. It's phenomenal. This guy gets put into jail. He's supposed to have a five-year sentence. Uh, his brother is a big gangster and thinks that he's talking on the inside and puts a price on his head. And this guy has to survive through seven years of his prison sentence where basically there's somebody trying to kill him to collect the bounty on his mm. head every single day. So oh. he goes in like a completely normal person and he comes out like scarred, like he's got metal teeth now because they knocked all of his out. He's He's got burns all over his face when the prisoners had made like homemade napalm with uh, oh, boiling geez. water uh <clears throat> there's something good about those two uh, in that same respect to kind of highlight both the british aspects for an honorable mention not film but the police dramas mm. of british television it's such a different like atmosphere and feel to it it's it's very different in their procedures and how they do things and how they're like tracking down different, you know, suspects and how they're looking for clues. And they go about it. very different than watching, like, obviously, like Law and Order Criminal Intent or The Shield, whatever. Like, I mean, and it's it's not yeah. always a cop. It's sometimes no. it's it's your friendly priest. Right. <laughs> I love Father, Father Brown. Brown. <laughs> it's such a, that's such a good show. Um well, yeah. Um, so on to our third and final. A bit of the old ultraviolence. Mm. The first time Ashitaka shoots some soldiers' arms off came as a big surprise to me. I did not expect this from Link tra la 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 <laughs> through the countryside on, on his elk. Uh, what are other examples of things that you may have found surprising about this story? So... I think we've already kind of covered it a, a, a few of the times, but I mean, obviously, the the limbs immediately being ripped off with the blow of an arrow. I love the depiction of how rage and hate can transform you. And they give that a physical manifestation. Like, we can see someone who's being vindictive and spiteful and just being evil, even. The fruit. But like, what does that do to you? It's much like Oscar Wilde in the picture of Dorian Gray. You never see what happens to Dorian Gray, both physically and emotionally and spiritually. But when you finally look at the painting, you're like, good God, look at what look at what you truly are. And both times, like the boars, the the rage and the hate is filling them. And they just it it's weird how I mean, not to kind of a weird analogy for it but like how our bodies contain everything to produce MRSA like MRSA is already inside us but it's just kind of like waiting to pop out like the rage and everything inside them it's all there 
it's just waiting to like get a spark and fuel up. I mean, even Keith David Bohr was even saying like, I can feel it inside oh, me. Oh, so the weird. flames growing. <laughs> and then suddenly just like wiggly, wiggly worms, you know, coming out. I I thought that. Or, or a single Or the single wolf head. I told you, a wolf, <laughs> a wolf head like, can like, still bite. <laughs> um, yeah, so the... Uh, the manifestation of, of hate and rage consuming and filling their bodies. Um, and then of course the spirit of the forest just being weird as hell, but also having an elegance to it. I love the fact that it simply walked up and like kissed Keith David Bohr, like on the nose and it <laughs> fell over dead. And it kind of the whole like, Hey, 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 you can rest. You oh, can you, rest you now. You got to do the, uh, but it's just it was just weird i also did not expect the final bullet being shot by lady yaboshi uh i remember the first time i watched it like it already had been shot once in the neck and, you know, kind of kind of walked back from that. But the next one, like, completely blew its head off. <laughs> Aim for the head. You should have went for the head. Um, for me, the <laughs> my two kind of big takeaways from this were the ending, the resolution or like lack thereof. There's really it really kind of just leaves it as a hey, nobody, uh, you know, Iron Town is just going to kind of rebuild Bigger and no hugs. No. Nobody learns any lessons. Like, we'll just rebuild it better, bigger. It, yeah, mm, yeah. We'll just uh, you know keep messing up the forest. Let's let's go to another mountain. Uh, cut. Uh, what about the trees, my lord? Cut them down. I'm down. It, they just they don't care about anything, and so it's this vicious cycle, kind of like all back over again. But the other part was I like that the love story uh, between the two. They don't kiss. They don't really have any, like, real... It doesn't eclipse the overall theme of the movie. Where it's, right. it's not just about their love They story. They are, again, as Nathan put it, Akashi... Um, Akashi? Ashitaka. No, um, uh, Ashitaka. Ashitaka. Ashitaka is this tiny little bridge. And he even said, like, you know what? I'm going to stay here. I'm going to help him, you know, do Iron Town justice. Yaku and I, Yakul, Yakul and I will come visit you whenever we can. I mean, he he is that. But she is that even is like, branch. you mean so much to me. And like, I think because when he tells her, like, you're not a wolf, you're human. She oh, man. She's like, identity no, story. don't you see that? Like, like no, she. <laughs> oh, God. I'm a furry. <laughs> oh, but no. he really doesn't. I think, uh, I mean, he gives her the, the facts, but still meets her on her level, which uh, it's a good, it's subtle, yeah. but it's not this like yeah. overwhelming, this is the story of their, their love. And so, yeah, I was very surprised. Here's the story of a lovely wolf girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> hates me so much for songs tonight. Two wolves love her own. <laughs> <laughs> there was Iron Town. Now, this is a story all about the wolf girl trying to kill a bushy in Iron Town. 
Ashitaka's not gonna do it, but real Phil's anime parodies will be out next season. Yeah. Were you finished? I know. Okay. Well, I didn't know because we kind of talked on you, but. Uh, and we've we've talked about this a little bit already, but I I feel this is a good movie for teenagers and adolescents to watch because it it really demonstrates that you know everybody has got their own viewpoint in this. And we mm. talked about Lady Boshi, like she's not evil, like no. she's actually a really good person, but it's the her agenda, her economy. Uh, that is causing friction with the forest and then the forest gods on the other hand there's just no compromise with that and then you sort of have the faceless samurai attackers which is just war and violence in general you've got the opportunism of the monk who's just looks like he's really out to set himself up so that he can have a, a nice good meal again not everybody gets to have anything but I can actually be that man yeah um <laughs> But I think it's a great way to look at the difficulties of conflict resolution because mm. uh, there there's a compromise in here somewhere. But can again, can you really compromise with with a god? Yeah. And can you compromise with progress? Um, and I and I feel that it, that whole dynamic raises a lot of very interesting questions that that younger generations should think about. That sure your your opponent is not necessarily evil they're not hitler they just have a vastly different viewpoint from you and sometimes you if you see things from their end maybe you'll be able to find right a way through that didn't happen in this movie no but it's still sort of the hope of that uh, i mean I feel. lady eboshi at the very end she she was kind of seeing a small glimmer of that hope and light where she was even like that girl and those wolves they helped us and it's like, yeah, you kind of realize like they're not all bad and they only did it because you yeah, wouldn't and, stop. And same thing with the boar god. Like when you go too far, then you become something yeah. monstrous. Something, I, I think I think the only evil. moment where I like seeing Lady Eboshi actually, I, th I think I want to say truly actually kind of verging on evil is where she's looking at the men and she's all like, all right, all of you. Listen up. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. And I'm like, necessary? Question mark? Is it? <laughs> and, and one of the, the creepy things that I, I noticed, um, you know, when the boar is is wounded oh. uh, and they've got all the hunters wearing like the boar so skin. So freaky. Uh, Just how they to, slither. To, to trick the boar. <laughs> and like Nathan said earlier, the boar warriors. <laughs> they've come back from the land of the dead. <laughs> I mean, that it's it's sort of it reminded me a little bit about our own modern media and how sometimes it, it is used uh, to give people. Uh, I have a vision for Japan of Western clothing but, uh, and <laughs> railroads, but we will not forget who we are. <laughs> tell me, will you tell me how he died? No. I will tell you uh, how he lived. I need a I need a bath. Perfect. <laughs> I'd gladly kill you for free. <laughs> Surely good. 
A Lugrin. A Lugrin. All right. That. <laughs> uh, so you guys been playing anything? Been watching anything? Drew, have you finished IKS Gorkin? I, no, I, I, I'm only about a fourth of the way through it. Kind of like how I, I told you like two nights ago. I know, but I'm was... a slow reader. I'm sorry. And if there was an audio book, it would go much quicker, but there's not. I know. I, I know. <laughs> so finish it. I'm getting to it. So I can read that. I'm reading it. Uh, right now, uh, jump back into a game. Uh, mm, jumped into Grand Theft Auto Five. Got that on a sweet little sale. <laughs> that sucked up some time. <laughs> uh, uh, but also playing a small indie game called We Who Are About to Die, which is uh, a gladiator game. Tons of fun. Really recommend mm. it. And it's on PC. And uh, slow, still have not watched Last of Us Episode 4, but we will we'll dive into okay. that soon. I'm, I'm, all, a, I'm I, impressed. I'm caught up. I'm impressed. It's uh, it's like The Walking Dead, but with yes. this shit together. Mm. <laughs> give it, give it time. <laughs> um, we, my wife and I, started I think Saturday afternoon, and we finished Sunday evening. Lockwood and Co. on uh, Netflix, which was actually pretty a lot, a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I like the the sort of weird world where only. Only teenagers are able to sort of sense and fight these these ghosts. Uh, they've got their rapiers to ward them off with the cold iron and their salt bombs and, you know, chains to make circles. Uh, it, it is a good little little fun occult show. Um, and I think they left it open nicely for a, a good second season. Um, I finished Marvel's Midnight Suns. Uh, and the downloadable first round of downloadable content, which added uh, Deadpool oh. uh, to the game. And that's just like I said, I think we said previously, it's like Magic, mm-hmm. Slay the Spire and XCOM uh, sort of all put together. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you, you get you get pretty amped up like when you can make uh, uh, Captain Marvel go binary. <laughs> It's so much fun. They're like Wolverine bopping around. Um, Deadpool is is actually just kind of hilarious. I mean, of as, course, as usual. But you know, he's he's got his guns and his swords. But there's there's one of his cards is just called one in the head. <laughs> and he's, he just aims and just it's just one single like like right in the brain. Uh, that's really good, really good stuff. I was also playing a, uh, a space fighter game, like flight sim game over the weekend called Chorus, which is Hmm. interesting sci-fi. And then, uh, tonight in about 90 minutes, Mm. I hope to be playing Jealous Hogwarts Hogwarts Legacy. And I know there's... There's a lot of controversy over that, but, but folks, I just want to swish and flick. <laughs> like I, I just want to like just run around on my broom and uh, fucking cast, you know, Accio this yep. and uh, play some I, some Quidditch, attend yeah. class. 
Yeah. It, it maybe hit somebody with a, a Cruciatus curse. I or don't, a, I don't you know. can do that. I'm sure you could eventually, but like not no way right off the bat. Well, not right off the bat. Okay, yeah. You got to but, learn it, Drew. Good. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. There is a, a, a movie uh, that's on uh, Netflix. No, it's on Amazon Prime. It's a horror movie that I'm dying to watch. But my wife, every time I show her the trailer... She's like, mm, it looks too intense and scary for tonight. Maybe next weekend. It's called Skinnamarink. Oh, uh, I've heard horrible things. Well, I've heard what? horrible things and I've heard good things. I've heard it's just bad. Well, I don't know. And it's I mean, free. I don't have to rent I, it. No, no, no. I, we'll find out. <laughs> I'll, I'll eventually watch it. I've just been avoiding it because I've heard it's bad. Well, I'll take it from you. Uh, you are, you know, it's not like you're into horror movies. <laughs> Slightly. Uh, <laughs> who, would, who would do that? Uh, but it, it looks different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we watched on Friday everything, everywhere, all at all once. All at once, yes. And that was fan-fucking-tastic. Michelle Yeoh! was so much fun to watch uh, that did it unpretentiously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really hope that Short Round does win the Oscar. Oh, I, I really do, too. Hmm. I So, a couple of things just recently that I watched that I was really kind of impressed with. Um, so, saw The Woman King, which... Hey, you know what? Go Viola Davis. And with the Grammys just happening. She got it. She's EGOT. Good for her. She's doing it. She is. And so the Woman King, I was really kind of impressed with. I think at one point, a certain pivotal plot moment was very predictable uh, when it happened. But still, I still very much enjoyed it. Uh, I saw Megan. Haven't seen that one yet. It's it's enjoyable. It is. But... I uh, to kind of quote um, uh, a YouTube movie reviewer that I really like, uh, Caleb watches movies. He just said, like, if you've watched any AI, like learn too fast, become self-aware and doesn't follow your instructions, you've seen Megan. Uh, it was I, I still greatly enjoyed myself. It was it was a lot of fun. They're, they're already, you know, greenlit Megan 2.0. Electric Boogaloo. Electri- electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. Um, but then a surprise watch. On Tubi the other night, I watched a movie called It Runs in the Family, and it has Kirk Douglas, Michael Douglas, uh, one of Michael Douglas's sons, and then uh, the woman who plays opposite Kirk I Douglas. I need more Douglases. Uh, 50,000 <laughs> Douglases. <laughs> we, we need more Douglas in quadrant A. We need three more Douglases in quadrant B. Um but the woman who pay, who plays Kirk Douglas's wife opposite in the film is actually his ex-wife and mother of Michael Douglas and his brother. So you just have that you have literally like a family in this movie. But this is a couple. This is like five or six years after Kirk Douglas had his stroke, and so he still has aphasia and he has trouble like saying certain words and stuff. But God damn it, Kirk Douglas carries that film. Hmm. Like I like ridiculously impressed with Kirk Douglas in this movie. And I was very moved, honestly, by his performance in it. Hmm. Um, but, and I mean, in, you know, RIP bless the man living to 104. <laughs> so though, I mean that, uh, anybody who wants to catch what I've been watching, my letterbox is in the show notes. You can go check it out. 
so during the pandemic, I got a lot of fun out of the uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon game. Yeah. And I think in a, in a week or two, there is a, another Yakuza game, but it takes place in feudal Japan. Oh. So it's like a samurai Yakuza, ooh, Yakuza game, which, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's the Yakuza series. Uh, you know, it's not like. Right. Yeah. So it's but, just samurai organized crime. It's like a Ronin and and I don't know. It looks fun. That it's looks good. Yeah, that sounds neat. I like that sounds it. sounds neat. Um, I watched an interesting movie over the weekend when Anna was out running errands on Apple Plus called uh, Palmer with um, uh, who's the uh, uh, the singer uh, Dick in a Box uh, fucking Justin Timberlake. Uh, yeah, Justin Timberlake. He plays a uh, somebody who just got out of prison after 12 years for attempted murder Goes back to live with his grandma, and living on the grandma's property is a, a trailer who has the uh, the blonde chick from Ted Lasso, uh, who who dates. Uh, I need to watch that. So Ted Lasso, but it, but dates and uh, and is like the PR person, mm-hmm. uh, and she's got a son, and she just like disappears. Mm-hmm. So the grandma's taking care of the son along with Justin Timberlake, and then the grandma dies. Mm. So that's just. Justin Timberlake with this kid. Oh, June Squibb. Okay. Uh, I'm so mad that I like I pay for Apple Plus, but I've watched barely anything on it. Well, there's not a whole lot. I yeah. Probably you could probably blast through all their their free content. I'm sure. I I think I just need to take advantage of like Ted Lasso and then just like decide whether I want to continue. yeah, like once once the Ted Lasso train gets a rolling, <laughs> like there's no stopping. It's like, oh, Jack, you should probably go to bed. It's one in the morning. But there's another episode yeah. of Ted Lasso. I can't <laughs> really go well in. The shortbread. That is the shortbread. Uh, uh, but yeah, so if we had to rate hmm. a Princess Mononoke. I think Princess Mononoke is a, is a brilliant film and it's beautifully done. Uh, I think it sits for me at a solid three and a half, it probably should be higher, but it, it doesn't rank that much uh, or that, uh, that high on my anime scale, uh, like my, my Ghibli scale. Cause you're really I, into anime. Just, really into just anime. slightly. I just have, a little. <laughs> I, I have some films that are above it, but it's, it's a pivotal moment for me where again, it is my quote unquote, like first Ghibli film. Wow. Um, I'd, I'd go with, um, probably three and a half no two and a half out of three wolves uh for this uh definitely keeping the mama two pups and a mom's head uh, (laughs) yeah two pups and a mom's head uh because i feel like this is something that i can sit down and watch some time with the wife and the kids that they will enjoy that's not weird as fuck like a pig flying a, a, a that goes a, from man to pig yeah uh, i mean uh, as much as i like that movie not, they'd be like what the fuck is this and not super depressing like yeah, grave of the fireflies grave the fireflies and then also i don't know how much attention like spirited away uh would would hold yeah. the boys uh probably uh, but i think with the violence and son and ashitaka and the wolves and the yeah. war i think they'd they'd probably get pretty sure. down at this oh, yeah. moment. So, uh, uh, two pups and a wolf head. 
I would hold up uh, nine fingers out of ten, and then they would be shot off by Ashitaka's uh, bow. Uh, so, but <laughs> but yeah, a good nine out of ten. It's it's really. I mean, I've have watched limited of the series of of anime like this, and it set the bar extremely high. Ah, so um. What's uh, coming up for the real feels? Oh. Uh, uh, also, a public public announcement. Uh, we're sorry to our our patreons. Uh, we we have been dealing with with work and COVID outbreaks and, and uh, life. Nathan and... not living here and yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so uh, we we apologize if we haven't been exactly on schedule. We'll get better. better. <laughs> uh, so coming up is going to be uh, Nathan with science fiction. Mm, and I threw down that Sci-fi's gonna get you. Threw down that pick. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then uh, to wrap up season five, Real Fills in the Order of the Grab Baggins, uh, we got Mummy Movies with me. Uh, Mummy. We have, we've got no guesses as to what that's going to be. <laughs> no. <laughs> why why would you <laughs> oh lord of goshen <laughs> but um you know to, to try and compensate for uh the lack of being kind of like on top of our game with early releases for patreon i have some ideas to try and like fill in the gaps which uh if you guys are interested fantastic if not it doesn't have to involve you i'll do it myself and uh it'll i think it'll be fun it'll be a fun little thing uh and speaking of which we still got to do our kids sports movies draft. Yes. Yeah, we've been talking about, we've been talking that, about that for like two years. But nobody actually makes it happen. And, we just uh, need to know the rules. At you here. We need to know the rules. Yeah. We can do it. We can make it happen. It's all good. We'll 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 make it happen. I'm picking necessary roughness. That's kids. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I mean, or just, that, just was, say... that was the movie that Nathan most maligned. <laughs> I mean, Sinbad was a teacher, but I mean, he still got one year of eligibility. You know left. what else isn't working? <laughs> These, well, but he was getting suit isn't working. These pants you gotta shut down working. their necks. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Gennaro was 135 pounds when he went out there and he played his gas off. His last words were win for me, win yeah. for me. <laughs> but, I've given you the playbook. I'm not bequeathing it to you. I got you these flowers. I'm a little short this week, so I had to charge it to the room. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so, guys, if you want to get in contact with us, please just look for the Real Feels Podcast up on Instagram and Facebook. We are on Twitter at Real Feels Pod. You can send us an email at Real Feels Podcast at gmail.com or. You can call the Tooch line, 661-376-0030. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Princess Mononoke or your favorite Studio Ghibli film. Or what if you just have some likes and some dislikes, yeah. a little constructive criticism, or if you just want to call up and be like, Ammo! Ammo! Some announcements, guys. Again, make sure to mark your calendars for this coming May for live stream for The Cure with Nicholas Haskins of Nikolai's Kitchen. We're going to be trying to raise, I believe, $25,000 this year uh, to surpass last year's goals. And uh, hope you can be there. 
going to be a good time. Lots of content creators coming on and helping to raise awareness and money for a future uh, that is cancer free. But also coming up in March, Gerald of Two Peas on a Podcast is putting on his own Academy Award styling shows for movies for the year of 2022 that oh. he likes to call the Golden Peas. You can go to two peas on a podcast.com, look for two peas on a pod on Facebook, and uh, he's going to be doing that all on YouTube on his channel. Be sure to go check him out. He always puts out a bunch of videos. Guys, he works really hard. And honestly, I think he doesn't know exactly how awesome he is. So you should go on there, tell hmm. him exactly how killer of a talent and frankly, as of a person that he is. So go check out two peas on a podcast. And uh, just give Gerald some love. So, I guess we'll uh, see everybody in two weeks' time for our sci-fi movie. So, as always, you're the realist. And the feelist. I don't really have anything. No? <laughs> I feel like I was going to be like, oh, it's uh, not only, oh, I bet you're cute under that mask. You're not cute. <laughs> yeah, you're gorgeous. Hey, look, it's me. It's the oh, Ox Driver. Oh, you whores, go pump your bellows. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>